Over the last couple of weeks, we have seen the church lead us through what is known as the Gospel of Matthew. And in the Gospel of Matthew, it's important to note, you see, if I held up this book, as I think I said a couple of weeks ago, and I asked you all to write a paragraph of what you see, each of your paragraphs would be slightly different. Because each person, when they see something, when they experience something, when they live through something, has a different perception of that, has a different response to that. So no two people will write and describe something exactly the same. The same applies to the life of Christ. The Gospel of Matthew has nuances. The Gospel of Luke has nuances. The Gospel of John has nuances. The Gospel of Mark has nuances. Four different people, little nuanced. And because Matthew, we're told in the Gospels, was a tax collector, he was a good Jew and a, and a faithful Jew. And at the time, as we know from previous weeks, tax collectors were not very well liked. But because he was a Jew and a faithful Jew at that, he wants in his Gospels to highlight Jesus, the teacher, the rabbi. You know, rabbi means in Hebrew, teacher. So in the Gospel of Matthew, you have a teaching Jesus. You have a Jesus who keeps giving instruction on life and on different things. And today's Gospel is in the sixth chapter, and it's no different than the previous weeks that we heard. Jesus saying to us, if you love father, mother, sister, or brother more than me, you're not worthy of me. Those who deny me before people, I will deny before my father. He's teaching us. And today he comes to us and says, basically, I could probably speak on this passage probably three or four sermons, if not more, because in these few verses is compact so much of what all of us deals with. It opens up the gospel reading, and we see the Lord. This is, if I'm not mistaken, part of the famous Sermon on the Mount you know, where Jesus is really teaching and preaching in the Gospel of Matthew. And so the Lord says to us a few things today. If the eye of your body is off, the whole body is filled with darkness. If your eye is pure and full of light, your whole body is filled with light. That's kind of like the first thing that he develops. And the second thing he develops is you cannot serve God, period, and anything else. He says you cannot serve God and mammon. If I asked all the people here today, what is mammon? Does anyone have any idea what mammon is? It's money. You cannot say I serve God and I serve mammon. But it's, we can fill in the blank with mammon with any word. You cannot say you love God and serve God and fill it in. My job, my work. You have to have, as we were told, unconditional, first place, God in our lives, period. Everything else will follow when that is in place. And we talked about that last week. And then he ends up by saying to us, don't worry. Don't worry. He must have said it how many times? Look, and he says that the birds, 
Do birds have ulcers? No. Yet birds don't sit on their hands all day. He says, look at the sparrows. They neither save and store up, and yet God provides for them. But they work all day. They're moving and doing and searching, and God provides. So a lot of us will say, and he says to the birds, he says to us, aren't you more valuable than these birds to your father? Your father knows you and knows your needs and will take care of you. And people all the time say to me, who knows, Father? Is this woman the right woman for me to marry? Is my baby going to be healthy when it's born? Who knows? Who knows my pain, Father? Who knows my troubles, Father, in my life? Who knows, Father, my setbacks in my life? Who knows, Father, my disappointments in my life? Who knows the suffering, Father, that I've been through in my life? My answer to all of that today, my friends, is God knows. God knows very well. And like you've heard me say many times in this church, there's never a moment, not a fraction of a millionth of a second, where God has gone on vacation from our lives. Do you ever think of that? We kind of think like he's with us when we're in church, and then we kind of leave church. But do we really realize that every single millisecond of our lives is followed by God, known by God, and God cares about your life. Our Lord never goes on vacation from our lives. Now, <clears throat> you may say, he knows what we're going through, Father, and so what does he do about it? We still suffer. We still have setbacks. We still, our lives are filled with trouble. We still have all these things to go through. Now, I'm not here to propose that I know the mind of God and how God operates in each and one of our lives and how he's trying to develop us in our lives. But I will say this. You know, like people sometimes say life is like a roller coaster. You know, you, you kind of you get ready and then you get fired down and it's frightening and then it's swirls and twirls and ups and downs and lefts and rights. But in the end of the day, friends, isn't it true though that there is an operator of the roller coaster? He's invisible. We don't really see the operator, but he's there. And he's going to get us from the beginning to the end safely. He's controlling the roller coaster in one sense, right? And life will have up and downs. I can think of it also, and I shared this with our parish council, as slow dancing. You know, when you slow dance with somebody, you both can't lead. It doesn't work that way. You know, one person leads the dance, the other one follows. What we do with God is we want to slow dance with him, but we want him to follow us. We want ourselves to manage him. 
we don't realize that the key to life is surrendering. And when you surrender, that's when you pin God. If you keep trying to wrestling him, he's going to pin you every time. The moment you surrender is the moment you win. And this is the, the trick in life. Who is leading my life? Who is managing my life? Is it me? Or do I have the best manager, the most infinitely wise manager, taking the lead in my life? And when we don't look at God, isn't it true that things become a little darker? He said it today, if your eye is dark, everything you see is dark. And when and who are we looking at every day? Let's be honest, friends. You've heard me say it so many times. Whatever you water grows. You know, we said the green, the grass is green on the other side. It's not greener on the other side. It's wherever you water, it's going to get greener. When our eyes are inundated with things that are not godly, guess what happens to our souls? It's not rocket science. They begin to cloud and get darker. We begin to come out of tune. To use the example with the kids, our pitch is off. We're in disharmony. And there's nothing worse than hearing an orchestra that's off key. Right? So what are we looking at? Are we looking at another person's zip code? Or another person's social media handle to see how awesome of a time they're having in Greece? You know, and they're with all their friends. Who is leading you by the nose in your life? Who's your manager? Now, if we were good athletes, we'd want the best manager, right? Because we want to nail the best job. It's the same thing with us. Because the ending of this, today's gospel is the knockout punch. Christ says, seek first the ki his kingdom, God's kingdom, and his righteousness, and everything else will be given to you. You have to seek that first. And those who have been here in Brookville know, till we're blue in the face, we're going to say it. It's all about Christ. Everything we do, in order for you to understand this community, for those watching and those who are here, in order to get into the mind of this community, you have to understand everything begins with Christ here. Everything. If it's our youth ministries, it's Christ-centered. If it's our parish council meetings, we begin with Christ. If it's an expansion project, it begins with Christ. If it's a premarital session, it begins with Christ. When you put that button on first, all the other buttons come in order. This is the message. Now, don't worry. If I know that God is managing my life and I surrendered myself to him, that brings me comfort. Because I know no matter what this life may bring, friends, we don't know if we're going to be here in an hour, frankly speaking, or in a day, or in a year. None of us know. What today will bring, nobody knows. What do we do? We surrender.
We say, Lord, I'm in your hands. Whatever you choose, because I trust you. Just like you provide for the sparrows, I know that you're working in my life the things that I need to help me through. When we spend one hour a week with God, 168 hours, if we only give him one hour, you've heard me say it so many times, what's our relationship with somebody? If I spoke to my wife one hour a week, what would my relationship be with her? And so this isn't magic, friends. It's about making Christ number one in our lives. He's told us three weeks in a row, it's all about me. And this sets us free. And sometimes, and I'll close with this, the Bible seems outdated. Oh, you know, a friend of mine was telling the story that his family went down to go swimming in a, at night. I don't know where they were. I think on the West Coast somewhere. And they go swimming, and half an hour into the swim, the kids are having fun, throwing water, this and that. Their wife, the wife walks off and sees a little sign that reads, water contaminated, stay out. So everyone out, you know, they, they jump out of the water. Now, I think if you can follow this analogy, like the Bible, they could easily say to the sign, that's your interpretation that it's contaminated. I don't think it's contaminated. That's an outdated sign. The scriptures are outdated. The scriptures is, oh, how you interpreted it, Father Pandalemon. I don't see it that way. You know, I feel that it's okay to swim in that water. Isn't that exactly what we do with God? He says, here's my word. Here's my playbook for life. Here's your pitchfork for life. This book will make your whole life better, your marriage is better, your relationship with your kids better, your relationship with me better. And we say, I don't think so. I'm going to go play in the contaminated water. And then I'm going to wonder why my life is not at peace. So friends, I invite all of us on a journey together in life till the Lord calls us home. to follow his playbook and to make him number one in our lives. And it doesn't mean everything will be rosy in life, but it does mean we'll become more conscious that God is with us and that our brothers and sisters are here to help us. And as a family, under God, in God, he will open our minds and our hearts to understand all the things that life may present. God bless us always.